This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 2 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift Podcasting community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from health to big emotions, toddlers to teenagers, faith, self-care, stress, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone. Family is one of life's greatest adventures. I look forward to cheering you on in your own five to eight shift. It's the most important shift of the day. everyone. This is Susanna. Welcome to another episode of the 5 to 8 Shift. Thrilled that you're here today. I have an episode lined up for you guys that I'm really excited about. So on today's episode, I have my friend Adrian on the podcast. Adrian is a registered licensed dietitian and she has some fabulous tips for us today. Oh my gosh, I feel like I was taking notes during our conversation. And so Adrienne has over 15 years of experience. She's a mom of five. She has so many good stories. She has her own podcast. Um, she runs a company, Body Metrics Health. She wrote a book. She has so much good information for y'all today. And so specifically, we talk about a couple things. So we talk about proactive eating, which is one of the things I asked her to talk about. But this idea where if we can be a little more mindful and a little more planful with our meals and looking at our day and where you know, kind of the slippery slope of maybe eating things we shouldn't or things we don't really want to, um, how we can be more proactive. And so that was a great part of our conversation. We also talked a little bit about building energy. Anytime I am in a group of moms, we are always talking about how we can build more energy. And so I'm always asking the experts these kinds of questions. And she had some great tips. And the last part of our conversation, we talked about self-care. And so her and I had some great back and forth about self-care. What is it? How how do we do it well? How do we teach our kids about self-care and really modeling self-care so that they have skills to be able to take care of themselves, you know, in the future and when they're stressed and when, you know, they have good coping mechanisms. And so it was an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it too. So with that, I'm going to drop you into our interview conversation with Adrian Delgado, uh, Body Metrics Health licensed and registered dietitian and you guys are going to love her tips so i hope you all have a great day thanks for being here adrian welcome to the podcast thrilled to have you um share some of your expertise with my listeners today so why don't you start off why don't you just give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got into your um, nutrition work that you do yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. I love talking about this topic, nutrition. Um, so I actually started my journey as a pre-med major in school. I I always knew I loved science and I wanted to help people. So I just, my mind automatically went, be a doctor. I'm like, all right. Um, and I remember I was in a club called Future Health Professionals Club. I was a nerd in college, just so you know. <laughs> and um, we used to have different specialists come into the club and talk about, you know, their specialty. So like uh, cardiologists and pediatricians and gastroenterologists, and they would come each week to talk to us just to give us an idea of what their field was like if we wanted to go into something more specific. Mm -hmm. And um, 
all of my, you know, classmates are asking these great intelligent questions. And all of a sudden I just shot my hand up in the air and I asked the one pediatrician, I was like, do you have a family? Do you have kids? <laughs> do you get to see your kids? Like how many hours do you work? Do you really have to like, you know, have you ever been taken away from a moment with your family because you had to go to work? And I think I threw him off guard a little bit. I'm sure you did. <laughs> wasn't anticipating that question. And um, he's like, yeah, actually, you're right. I don't get to see them as much as I want to. And the next day I signed myself out of the pre-med program. Oh, wow. And I started looking through the course, to collect, course selection catalog, like, all right, what other classes can I take or what major can I pursue that I don't have to lose my calculus credits and my physics credits and my anatomy credits and start all over and um, just happened to come across nutrition. I was like, well, let's give this a try and loved it. So that's kind of how I came into nutrition. Um, I remember one of my first nutrition classes, my professor asked me to write a one page um, essay on where we see ourselves 10 years from now. Okay. And so I specifically remember writing, I want to have an outpatient practice, uh, where I work 20, 30 hours a week, seeing clients and then being a stay at home mom, the rest of the time, raising a family. And it's just so, I'm so blessed because that actually happened. Amazing. So let me back up a second. So when you asked that question, <laughs> that's a very poignant question, you know, because my, so in my experience for a lot of women who are um, family driven, it's almost like we don't, we don't understand up front. Right. So like we, we chase this career and then we get married and then we have a baby and maybe it's like the second baby where like literally the wheels start falling off. And it's, and you know, there's a lot of, um, women who go into the workforce and end up taking a step back. So like, what was it about like your upbringing or what was happening in college that made you ask that question up front? Because seriously, this would help so many women if we were better, you know, if we actually like looked 10 years ahead before we did some of these other things, like what prompted you to have that in mind so young? Um, Actually, I just, I think I always wanted a big family. Yeah. My dad was the youngest of six. Okay. And I just remember going to um, holiday parties and get togethers. And I just loved having all these people around me. And it was just so special. I mean, I, I have a younger brother, so we have like, you know, maybe a smaller family, just the two of us, but I just always dreamed of a big family. And I knew that if, you know, that was going to be a reality, I had to find a profession to support that. Yeah. But I also didn't want to rely on that because, you know, maybe that wasn't part of my plan to get right. married and have a family. So I knew I wanted to find something that I could support myself, but also looking down the road, how could I complement yeah. my other dreams? Yeah. All right. So for my listeners, tell them how many kids you have and how old they are. <laughs> so we have five kids. Um, my oldest just turned 16. So we are now going through the permit um, oh, stage and driving. I'll pray for you. I'll pray Thank for you. you. <laughs> um, yeah. So my oldest is 16. Um, boy. My second is a boy. He is almost 15. They're 15 months apart. Okay. My third is also a boy, 11. And then I have twin nine-year-old girls. Woo. 
So six, five kids in six years. <laughs> that will, yeah, that will keep you busy yes. for sure. Yes. So your, so your last pregnancy, you had twins. Were you guys surprised? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I even told Jim, I'm like, you don't even have to go with me to the ultrasound. It's fine. Like, they're just going to give me a date. It's not a big deal. Don't take off work. Take Did off go? your dates. No, he didn't go with me. I was there by myself. And the lady kept asking me, wow, you're really big. Uh, thanks, Are you lady. sure your date's okay? And I was like, listen, lady, <laughs> this is my fourth pregnancy. You show earlier. <laughs> and she just was like, I don't know. You're very big. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> fine. I'm very big. And then when she pulled up the ultrasound, she just started laughing. And she's like, now I know why you're so big. Oh you're gosh. having twins. And yeah, I told my husband in a public space. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably wise. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nerve wracking. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. It's funny because I told him right before I, I was, we usually met at the one park. My older two boys were playing uh, baseball and um, we would meet at the park. I would have the stroller with my youngest son in there and we would do the handoff and then yep. he would take the kids home and feed them dinner and to put, them, put them to bed. And I would go to work in the evening teaching a, a weight loss class at a hospital. And, you know, as we did the transition, it was like, oh, by the way, at the ultrasound, they said there's twins. So here are the three kids, you know, there's food. I already made the food. Just reheat it. Have a good night. Love I'm going to let you process this on your own without me present. Yes. Oh man. So. I'm going to have to ask him about that. This is so funny. Okay. All right. So you got five kids, you got this big family and you're, you know, doing some of the work on other things that you're passionate about. And so that's why I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, so you have a podcast, you run this business. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about, you know, your specific business, what you do, but why are you so passionate about this? Like, what are some ways it's impacted your life or maybe some ways you've seen it change other people's lives? I'll tell you this. One of the best compliments that I ever received from one of my clients, um, she just looked at me one and out of the blue, she said, you know, you sell hope. Hmm. And I thought that was the sweetest, kindest thing I've ever heard in my life because I think for so many of my clients and the majority of my clients are women. Um, in our practice, we are in medical nutrition therapy practice. So we will, you know, counsel people on diabetes and hypertension, high cholesterol, autoimmune disease, um, hypothyroid, you know, all of those different things, endocrine disorders. Uh, but we do a lot with weight management. We also do sports nutrition, eating disorders. And for so many of us, our eating habits and our nutrition habits, um, you know, we're trying to live up to an ideal and we're also being torn in so many different directions as uh, professionals, as mothers, as, you know, friends, sure. daughters, sisters, all the things. And a lot of us use food as coping strategies. A lot of us use, you know, a lot of our, our habits are rooted in, you know, what we were taught from our own families and a lot of women do not have great relationships with food or their bodies. And, you know, I just want to offer them another way of thinking, you know, a way that helps them feel their best. Because honestly, like 
God called us to do amazing things. And for so many of us, we're not doing that because of our confidence or, you know, how we think we should look or how we should eat. And I want to just help people have the energy and the drive and the confidence to do the things that they were called to do. So that's my passion. That's wonderful. So you're going to talk to us a little bit today about a couple things, how to improve energy levels during the day, not eat everything when the kids go to bed. So give us some of your tips and tricks for that. Yeah. For so many of us, and again, I'm going to take it from a a weight management standpoint, because that's the majority of what people come to see me for, like, help me lose this weight or this baby weight, or um, just even, you know, the pounds that they put on, or if they're approaching menopause, like that is a whole beast in itself. And, um, you know, so many people have this idea of, I want to be good today right? And I'm going to put good in air quotes because I got to be good today. And so what they'll do is they'll deprive themselves of food or they'll just drink a cup of coffee for breakfast because they're too busy and they just got to, you know, hurry up and get something in their bodies because they have to go to work or they have to get the kids off on the bus. And, you know, so they won't eat a good solid breakfast and then lunch comes around. And because they're trying to be good, you're going to eat a salad with grilled chicken because that's what you're supposed to eat. And then usually around four o'clock, things start to unravel. Yeah. Right. You start picking and you start picking and picking while you're making dinner. And this is usually where the kids are are kind of falling apart, especially if they've been at school all day, they're exhausted. Um, You're trying to transition from work mode to home mode. And so you're stressed out. You're emotionally, mentally, physically exhausted. So you're picking on tortilla chips while you're trying to cook dinner, while the kids are screaming. And before you know it, you've eaten a whole dinner's worth of calories in your picking. Now you have dinner made and you're like, well, I'm not even hungry for dinner, but it's made and I'm going to eat with my family. Yes. So then you're overeating again. And then you get to the point where it's eight o'clock at night and you're like, you know what? Screw it. Hopefully I can say that. Screw it. (laughs) (laughs) You can. (laughs) Right. I've already messed up today. I've blown my perfection of what I was supposed to do. I'm just going to finish off the ice cream, get it out of the house. And then tomorrow I'm going to be good. Tomorrow we'll start again. That's right. And then the whole thing starts because I know what I ate last night. So I I can't eat anything for breakfast today because I overate the ice cream last night and the cycle continues over and over. And it's, we don't mean for it to happen. It's just, we're always chasing after what our previous actions were. So I like to introduce this topic called proactive eating. Okay. It's eating for anticipation of your next activity instead of eating reactively. So almost think of it like putting gas in a car. Okay. Right. Let's say we're going to drive cross country. I know you're a Midwest girl, right? Yeah. Let's say we're in Pennsylvania and we need to drive to Ohio. So we're going to focus on putting enough gas in the car to get us to Ohio. And then once we're in Ohio, we need to put enough gas to get in the car to get to Indiana, Indiana, right? That's next. And then Illinois and then so on and so forth versus we're going to drive all the way to California and then put gas in our car. Right. And then the car's just going to sit in the garage all night. Yes. That's what we're doing with our bodies and food. We're not fueling ourselves when we actually need the energy because most of us are busy throughout the day, whether we're working out of the home or in the home, we need fuel. 
Instead, we're trying to cut off our fuel source in order to accelerate you know, the process of weight loss or getting to our health goals. But it's backfiring on us on the, the tail end because yeah. we're starving and then we're dumping all this food into our system you know, between the hours of four and nine, yeah. but then we're not active after that. We're going no. to bed. Yeah. Netflix and bed. Done. Yes. And most people will think that, oh, you know, I got to stop this overeating at night. This will be the way that I can get myself under control. And I try to explain to them, you can never attack the evening eating until you look at the day eating. If yes. you are not eating enough during the day, it's always going to catch up with you at night. And there's, it's not, you're not a bad person. It's not a flaw in your character or who you are. It's just, you got it mixed up a little bit. So most people will complain. I don't have enough energy during the day. I'm caffeinating my way through the day. I'm exhausted. I want to be more focused and we'll have more energy, but yet you're not fueling yourself for that. You're trying to run on empty, but then you're dumping all the stuff in at night. And that's not when your body wants it. Does that make sense? It makes complete (laughs) sense. No, I mean, and I, I would say, you know, I totally like when you, you know, when we had talking about topics, I mean, I'm always looking for like energy information resources because I, I would probably fall in the category, not so much like eating late at night, but like, I just like hit a wall in the afternoons. I mean, an absolute wall. And I've tried a couple of things, probably not very consistent. Um, and so, and I'm just always like, if I just had a little more energy, I could like, you know, and this is like the go-getter of me, like I could just accomplish a couple more things and then the evenings would run smoother and then this would happen and I would make better choices. And so, so like, what are some, like, what is the proactive eating? So I understand what you're saying. So like, how are some ways that us moms can do that? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, look at your patterns of when you are more tired or you're having trouble focusing. So for you, like you'd say the afternoon, like if it's around that two o'clock slump, you got it. Specifically, what are you eating at lunch? Like, what does your lunch look like? Are you skipping lunch? Are you, you know, grabbing a, a kind bar and calling that a day and hoping that does the trick. I'm definitely not having great lunches. There's no question. Right. So that's it. So for you, I would just focus on, okay, what's a more solid, more balanced lunch? You know, we specifically want to always look at, okay, do you have some source of fiber? Because fiber is what we call long and strong carbohydrates. Most people are so scared of carbohydrates, but not all carbs are created equal. Okay. And there are some really good ones out there that give you, not only they give you energy, but they give you sustained energy. So, you know, a piece of chocolate is very different than a sweet potato. Both Mm. are carbs, but one's going to give you energy for 20 minutes and one's going to give you energy for two hours. Mm. So we want to make sure that you have some source of carbohydrates, specifically high fiber carbs to give you that sustained energy. And then the other thing with that is, do you have some protein with your lunch? Um, Because protein, I always... Uh, say that it offers longevity. It sits in your stomach longer. So it helps you feel full longer. Mm. It avoids the whole um, glucose spike, which, you know, gives you instantaneous energy and then you crash. So protein kind of holds you um, again, like fiber. And so when you can combine those two things together, along with some produce, you're in great shape. Okay. So like, what are some examples of like good fiber choices for lunch? 
Well, so either whole grains, beans, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables. Like I'm a big fan of canned beans because they're just easy and simple, right? Yes. I'm all about the quick, easy wins. Um, So a can of beans that you just drain and rinse off, get rid of all that sodium that's in the can and throw that on a salad. Um, One of my favorite quick, easy lunch ideas is a bean salad. So I take a can of cannellini beans and drain them. And then I add some diced, um, I'll dice up a tomato, some cucumber, a little bit of onion, fresh parsley. And then I just make a little vinaigrette with um, lemon juice, olive oil, and a little bit of salt and pepper. And I just mix that over top. Instant lunch. Usually I will triple the recipe. So that way um, we can kind of dip out of it all week because my kids enjoy it too. Yeah. But that's just a really fast throw a lunch together in five minutes with lots of fiber, lots of protein, produce, yes. and it's going to sustain you for um, the duration of the afternoon. Depending on when you hit your slump, you may need to add an afternoon snack. Some people are trying to eat very little at lunch and have it hold them over for six hours until dinner, right? Uh, My teachers, you know, I'm always telling them, make sure you have a snack for the drive home. Don't wait until you get home and then you have, you know, a buffet of food in front of you and tell yourself, oh, I'm only going to have like a couple crackers. Uh Uh-huh. That's not going to work. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. So kind of planning ahead of time in anticipation of when are my challenging moments and how can I switch some things up so that I can feel better and, you know, reach my goals. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. This is good. And it's, you know, um, my first year of teaching. I would, I would get in the car and I would be like ravenous and Mm -hmm. I would stop at Wawa you know, and this was, this was like before kids and before I had to run to be somewhere, but I stopped at Walmart almost every day because I just was so hungry and I only lived 15 minutes away, but I'm like, I'll just grab something at Wawa. Then I don't even have to like prepare a darn thing. And then when I was pregnant with Molly, I started having peanut butter crackers in the car because I was like, and so to your point, like that is a, I just literally like lose my mind when I get in the car, you know, you're teaching all day, you're on. And then it's like, if I don't have something, I just pull into like a Wawa or something like that. And typically do not make a great choice. Not that there's, you know, it's like, there's like 5% of the things in a store like that are great choices. The rest are just like quick and easy and whatever. Um, But yeah, that's totally a downfall for sure. Yeah. Well, especially with Wawa too, like, like you said, there are great choices there, but when there's also so many not great choices. It's really hard to focus on that middle Island that has the couple of good options on it. Cause you're yeah. like, I should get this, but this looks so much better. And when your blood sugar is crashing, yes. your brain is hardwired for quick instantaneous, yep. you know, just get my blood sugar up as quick as possible. Yep. And some of those healthier options aren't going to cut it in the moment. So yep. I always tell people Wawa is for gas. <laughs> <laughs> go pay for it at the pump. Um, you know, what was great for a lot of other things, but yes. if you are in a moment where you are starving, the chances of you making your best decision aren't as high. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of my listeners who don't live you know, on the East coast of Pennsylvania, <laughs> Wawa is like a sheets. Sheets is big in the Midwest or like a, it's like a seven 11, but it's way better than seven 11. And they, you know, they have gas. It's like a fancy convenience store, but anyway, 
I do. Yes. I do do like some of their stuff for sure. Oh, their pumpkin spice coffee. You probably don't drink any coffee, but their pumpkin spice coffee in the fall is so good. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a beverage drinker. I like, I don't enjoy hot beverages. I don't enjoy cold beverages. I just like water. I know I'm really. No, that would actually make things a lot easier (laughs) if I was on that train. Uh, I am not, however. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about this proactive eating and, you know, we, this idea of winging it, but I feel like you've sort of covered that, um, And so I want you to talk a little bit about modeling self-care for your kids. And so I think this is a really important topic because, you know, I, I get a little mm, about the self-care thing because I, um, I feel like it's, it's really trendy right now. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I, I think obviously it's important and it's something that we should all be aware of. But like, for me, I'm like, there's more to life than self-care, right? If, if I wake up every day and only do things that make me happy. You know, it's like, I'm going to watch Netflix and drink a margarita. You know, that's not going to be a fulfilling life, you know, you know, showing, you know, only worrying about me is not, not a big piece of it. So, um, I like how you talk about though, like, it's really this idea of modeling for our kids and what do we want our kids to know and take away and sort of build some of these good habits. So talk to us a little bit a little bit about that. And you had mentioned the generational impact, which I think is so interesting too. Yeah. So for me, um, when it comes to nutrition, most of the habits or the unhealthy habits are actually built on a lack of self-care, hmm. right? You know, when you talk about somebody, you know, we talk about good eating habits and moving your body and exercise. I look at that as self-care. It's taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Absolutely. Um, I know for myself, I have a routine every morning. I wake up, of course, I go to the bathroom first, but after that, um, first thing I'll do is I read my Bible and I journal yep. for about like 30 seconds. It's not a large, a long process. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. Um, and <laughs> then I work too. out, <laughs> then I work out and I exercise and I make sure that I take care of my mind and my body well, so that I can take care of others. Yeah. Um, you know, so much of poor eating habits, it's eating on the run. It's, you know, cooking something that's quick and easy instead of cooking something that's healthy for you. So many of my clients, they don't have time to exercise and I get it. I run a business. I've got five kids. I I completely understand the lack of time issue, but I also find that some people don't work out because, well, I don't want to take time away from my kids. Mm. And I have a little bit of a different spin on that because who is going to teach your kids how to take time to take care of themselves? If it's not you, it certainly is not society no, where not. everything is go, 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 go as quickly as you can, you know, run yourself to the ground, yes. overwhelm Instant yourself. Gratification. Yes. You know, sign up for all the things and, and then make yourself absolutely nuts. Depression, anxiety. Yeah. I would say probably 80 to 90% of the people that walk through my doors are on some type of antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. Oh my gosh. Because, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And like you said, it just, I, my heart breaks for these people because, you know, but they don't know any other way. It was yeah. never taught to them. Yeah. So I don't see self-care as, you know, the whole, you know, do whatever feels good to you. I look at it more as, okay, how can we take care of our bodies? How can we take care of our minds so that we can be, you know, 
contributing members to society that are not necessarily relying on medication to get through our day. Great. If, if that means taking 30 seconds to journal some thoughts down in the morning, what can I control? What can I not control? What do I want to focus on? Um, that's 30 seconds. For me, when I show my kids I'm exercising, oh, can we go do this? Uh, I didn't get my workout in yet. I have to do that. I don't look at that as selfish. I look at I'm teaching them to prioritize taking care of their body because most of the people that I work with don't exercise, don't do yeah. anything. And I'm not saying they have to work out for an hour or two hours every day. That's not realistic. But right. when the world is, you know, coming at you with all these things that you need to do and should do, yeah. who is the person that's going to teach them to stand up for themselves and stand up for taking care of themselves? Most of my clients, they're eating food in front of the TV at mm -hmm. night, right? Because nobody ever taught them to sit at a table and eat their food. Wow. So, so much of nutrition, again, I kind of mentioned in the beginning, there are habits that we've collected from our childhood. Yeah. You know, so many of my clients, they don't know how to cook because their parents didn't cook. You know, if, once the, the microwave was invented. Yeah. Cooking went out the window. Yeah. You know, I see a clients, um, you know, they, now that DoorDash is a thing. Oh my goodness. We don't cook anymore. Why? We don't need to. We just pick up a phone and the food comes to us and we know it's not the best decision, but we don't know any other way. So yeah. how do we sit there and tell the, our families that, you know, this is what the world is teaching us about convenience but this is how we stand up for ourselves and how we yeah. take care of ourselves so that again, we can be contributing members to society. We can, you know, honor the bodies that God gave us, but also, you know, use them to do all the great works that he has planned for us. Yeah. That's what I'm passionate about when I say self-care. <laughs> yeah. I had a pediatric psychologist on the end of season one, I think it's episode 25, but she just talked about the power of modeling behaviors. So mm -hmm. instead of, you know, we were actually talking about emotional regulation. You want your kid to stop having a tantrum. Well, you, the adult needs to be the calm person. You need to help them regulate because they don't know how to do it. They're, they're physiologically not able to do it at six, eight, 10, whatever. And so, you know, something as simple as like cooking, it's an interesting thing, you know, and this is a kind of a funny thing, but as, so typically women cook more in the homes, not always, but typically, and I think it's been interesting as men are getting married later in life, there's like this big gap where they're living by themselves and they don't know how to cook anything, right? right? So they're graduating college at 22, but maybe they're not getting married till 30. And so it's like eight years of, you know, like my friends in college, they, they would eat whatever, you know, um, whatever is around, but like this idea of like, you, you're building these habits, whether you realize it or not, and then you're taking them into your family. Right. And yeah. so how many nights a week do you think like the average family is cooking or like, like, I'm just curious, like how big is this problem that we are going to value convenience and speed, you know, something I can eat really quick over like making a solid meal. I would say most people, when they come into the office, they'll tell me once or twice, Okay. but when I do a little bit more digging, it's usually three to five okay. because you also have to count breakfast and lunch. 
Sure. You know, most people are just counting dinners as okay. how often they go out to eat. But I had one lady, oh, I never go out to eat. And then I asked for a 24-hour recall. All right, well, just walk me through what you did yesterday. Yeah. All right, well, for breakfast, um, I ran through Dunkin' Donuts and I got an, you know, I got a sandwich and a coffee. And then lunch, oh, I forgot my lunch. So I ran into Wawa and got a sandwich. <laughs> and then for dinner, I made this. I was like, you, you went out twice yesterday. You said you don't ever go out. Oh, well, that doesn't count. I'm like, yes, it does. It certainly counts. You know, so we don't even think about all those little stops that we use for convenience where, you know, I want to teach my kids, okay, where are we going to be today? What do we need to pack for? And just even the simple act of meal planning with your kids, showing them that, all right, this is how we do it. Teach them. Nobody else is going to teach them. So, you know, when you're making your grocery list yes. or maybe we back it up, make a grocery list yeah, <laughs> instead of just trying to wing it and figure, Start there. Oh, yes. we'll just like grab whatever at the grocery store and hope it works out. Yeah. You and I both know when you try to wing it at the grocery store, you're always going to forget those essential one or two ingredients that you need to complete a meal. Yeah. Now it's five o'clock at night. You're trying to make tacos, but you don't have sour cream. So then you're like, well, I guess we can't make tacos. Let's just order a pizza because yeah. I don't feel like going to the grocery store yeah. or the people end up at the grocery store four or five times a week, Yes, which that time could be spent cooking. That's right. It's a great point. So, you know, I'm a big fan of teaching my kids how to meal plan. And one of the tickets that are one of the, the secrets to it is, you know, I always ask them, what do you guys want for dinner this week? And you will hear crickets <laughs> or you will hear, I don't care, whatever you want and whatever you want is fine. And I was like, you are lying because yeah, when I exactly. pick, when I pick the meals, you all have something to say about it and complain sure about it. Sure <laughs> so I would like your ideas because this isn't, this responsibility does not solely fall on me. We're all eating together. Yeah. So I love making foods that they enjoy. So if they want something that maybe isn't quite as healthy, like say they want mac and cheese for yes. dinner. All right. We can have mac and cheese, but we're going to pair it with something that's a little bit healthier. So we have some balance. So, you know, we're going to make two vegetables that night because we want to balance out maybe the unhealthy part of the macaroni and cheese with some nutrient dense foods. So I'm trying to teach them that you yeah. can have any food you want. We just might need to create different, you know, portions of them or create more balance with other foods. So it can be a complete meal so we yes. can nourish ourselves. Yes. And then we make grocery lists to go to the store and then we plan our foods and then we yeah. sit and we cook them because that's how we feel our best. Yes, it's true. That's true. I mean, most takeout food, you don't really feel that great afterwards. You don't. Oh, no. <laughs> well, and I think the other part too, another form of self-care is teaching kids how to sit with uncomfortable feelings yeah. and talk through them versus grabbing the ice cream container. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Adrian. Like kids don't know how adults don't know how to do that. Nope. I mean, I see some of my students, they're in their twenties and they don't have great coping mechanisms right. you know. And it's back to the modeling thing. If no one ever yes. showed them how to cope, they're, they're going to go to the lowest common denominator, which is oftentimes ice cream or something, you know, far worse. Right. And so that temporary numbing out yeah. from what is uncomfortable. And so, you know, as when you see your child reaching for 
food as a coping strategy, you know, being able to be like, Hey, what's going on? Like, let's just talk about something. It sounds, it, it feels like something's bothering you. Let's see if we can talk it out versus, you know, eating through it. And I just think if I had some of those skills when I was young, it might've saved me a lot of time working through it as an adult. Um, so those are the self-care of things that I'm talking about, you know, no margaritas, Netflix. <laughs> okay. Doing all right, the hard all right. work so that you can teach your kids to do a better way. Um, and some of that work starts with first identifying your own personal struggles and working through it. And then being open and honest with your kids about it. Yes. Hey, I struggle with this, not, I have it perfect. And, you know, because I think kids also need to see that we struggle in certain areas, but how we're taking steps to improve it so that they can see the process. Because we have these conversations internally in our head, but we don't say them out loud so they can watch us work through the process. Right. You know, and all of this, there's such a ripple effect, right? There's a ripple effect from the conversations. There's a ripple effect from making a good choice for breakfast. Then you feel better about making a good choice for lunch. And then the flip side is the analogy you said at the beginning, you make a bad choice around four o'clock, then you make three more bad choices. Right. And so I think if you view, you know, the, the, the self-care and the mindful eating and and the meal planning as just like, this is like one of the ripples that are going to lead to other great choices and other, um, solutions for the family. I think then you feel like you're really investing. It's not just like, Oh, it's lunch today, but like, no, this is the week and the month and the year. I mean, you have a teenager. I mean, you know how fast the years can go, right? It's, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, he's going to be out of the house soon. I don't want to talk about that, but <laughs> okay, okay, I won't. But you know, I want to make sure that I'm setting yeah. him up with a great foundation. Is he going to make mistakes? Of course he will. But I also want to teach him how to rebound from those mistakes um, and how to, what are some of those foundational principles that he can always come back to when things yeah. unravel so he can get himself back on the right track. That's awesome. Adrian, this is, this has been so insightful. So interesting. I feel like you gave us so many amazing tips and takeaways. I have two questions that I ask every guest at the end. And the first one is what is your favorite family activity? What are you guys into right now? Well, I, I mean, that would be a different answer depending on who you ask in my family. Fair (laughs) enough. We, well, I should say Jim and I, we love hiking with our family. Like that is just one of our favorite things. We love being outdoors. Um, if you ask my kids, they're like, we're not hiking, are we? <laughs> it's like, yes, we are. Sounds about um, right. So um, yeah, anything that we can do outdoors. Um, actually with the older kids right now, we're playing a lot of spike ball, which has been fun. So fun. Um, we like spike ball. We can't play with our kids yet, but we play with our niece and nephew who are teenagers. Yes. So I would say anything outdoors, but particularly hiking is one of my favorites. Good, good. And the last question is, how can people connect with you? Where can they catch your podcast, learn more about you and sort of, um, you know, just get some more great resources that you've offered today? Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, the podcast is called Nourish, Eat, Repeat. So on that podcast, I give a lot of practical tips. I give a recipe at the end of each uh, episode. Uh, The podcast is actually based off of a book I wrote in 2019, also called Nourish, Eat, Repeat. And I think of the book as like a chicken soup for the soul, but for nutrition. So they're short stories 
Because again, we're busy. We don't have time to read 40 page chapters. We need two or three pages. Give me the action step and move on. Um, so basically I take um, stories from our life. And if you have kids, you obviously know those stories are chaotic and funny and hilarious and yeah. all the above. Like we were talking about when I had twins and I went early with them. So I did not pack my bag. Oh, this geez. is why every book tells you to pack your bag. <laughs> yes. um, because my husband packed me a pair of right, you know, regular sweatpants, not maternity sweatpants and a half t-shirt. <laughs> And I had to go to the NICU for my twins. So I got to walk around in a half shirt <laughs> and a pair of pants that did not fit. So <laughs> I'll leave you with that visual. Um, but so basically there's stories like that. There's stories that we can all connect to as moms, as women. Definitely. And I basically turn all of those stories into nutrition lessons. And then at the end of each um, chapter or what I call five-star recipes, because five out of five of my kids will eat it. There you go. And if they eat it, then maybe they can be a resource for others of what to cook healthy for their family. Um, and then finally, if you want to um, connect with me, whether it's through um, actually becoming a client or learning more about nutrition, uh, Body Metrics Health is our Instagram and our Facebook handle and bodymetricshealth.com is our website. Okay. Fabulous. That was a lot so many, of things. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, some, some listeners are readers. Some listeners want more things to listen to. And some people are going to reach out to you because you've really inspired them to take the, the, the first step in making some powerful changes. So Adrian, thank you for being here. I know you're crazy busy and um, I really appreciate it. This was so awesome. Of course. Of course. Anytime. I, I love talking to you. So it was my pleasure. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonagle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.